Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sam and Chance. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson, joined as always with my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, you were away for a few days. Care to tell us where you were? Yeah, I went to Montreal with the kid to check out SmackDown Elimination Chamber. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. So from, from a live viewing perspective, what did you think? I thought SmackDown was, wasn't was the best SmackDown. There was a couple of good, good spots of it. Crowd was into it at the end when Sammy came out. Overall, a little bit flat, but Chamber was was pretty damn good. Top to bottom, good matches. The crowd was super hot the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the crowd was live all night long. I mean, Oh, yeah, they were they hot. Were, they were loud coming through the television. I can only imagine what they could have been like live there, man. That was the biggest gate ever in Chamber. It was sold out. I mean, it's in the odd seat here or there, but it was sold out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a sellout is obviously it's not the whole stadium because they can't have where the back entrances are. Exactly, like, yeah. Right? So, for the most part, what would constitute as a sellout but uh overall like what was your view like where were you guys we were uh right behind michael cole oh so you were oh, on 20 rows camp. up so like a hard camp side yeah that's right oh that's not bad 20 rows up so uh, i didn't even notice 26 rows technically i didn't even notice that when i bought the tickets my brother got yeah. the tickets that they were going to be his bottom at random and happened to be there yeah yeah so hard camera fun. side that's good so a lot of good action that on good. that side. Uh, the view of the chamber, though, what was that like? It was cool, man. It's a big structure. Yeah. It, it's huge. It's massive. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the only thing about SmackDown. If you're sitting high up, they got the chamber above the ring the whole time. So you, if you're on the hard side, you can't see the screen because the chamber's kind of blocking it if you're high up. But right, 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 yeah, right, it was right. a good time. The kid loved it. I mean, wrestling's for the kids, as always say, and it was fun. SmackDown wasn't great. It wasn't bad, but chamber was was really good. Awesome, awesome. But what was the view like of the chamber itself? Like, from like obviously, it's watching it on television. We had the cameraman inside the ring. Yeah, so, you know the view wasn't overly obstructive. Like, it's hard. It was, some it depends where you're sitting. If you're at if you're in certain parts of the arena, like when uh, Montez Ford uh, Montez Ford scaled the, the chamber there, people at the top couldn't see that because okay. they were blocked by the beams and stuff. You couldn't quite see it totally. A couple yeah. guys were coming after. I'm like, did you see what they did? He goes, what did you do? I'm like, he crawled out like spider. I'm like, what? We couldn't see it because they're kind of obstructed. Depending where you sit, yeah, it'd be better view than others. Any surprises that you you even caught you? No, not really. No, I knew Logan, Logan Paul? Paul was coming out. I think I mentioned on the show. I figured Logan Paul was going to come out, interfere. Uh, nothing really. It's pretty. It's pretty predictable. We don't like everything match we predict. We're all came true. I said Oscar is going to win. We called Oscar. I guess the Brock Lesnar thing I thought was a waste of a match. You get two high powered athletes like that and they have a five minute match like i was saying was going to be and then it's like that kind of was unimpressive well i mean i was more unimpressed by bobby lashley than i was brock to be completely just honest. being lazy it looked like a couple of guys just being lazy and phoning it in well i'll be honest man i think brock put more offensive out like i mean he started hot like he did a bit more um mm -hmm. with bobby though what i found with with him is like when he finally started getting his offense in it was basically three spears and two hurt locks I know. And that's all he basically did in that match. I mean, I expect more. I expect that from Brock because that's what we expect from him now, not Bobby, to be fair. And the buildup for this match, I I, I got to be honest, man, the matches in, in Crown Jewel were much better. Yeah. Whoever Bobby. wrote this match, whoever called this match wrote a dud because it was, it was a dud. You see these guys come out, the music hits, everybody's jacked up. My kid's yelling, Brock, Brock, Brock. They come out couple minutes disqualification and Brock trash the place. It was, it was a waste. It was such the two best athletes in the card have the least amount of time and they just looked lazy to me. I thought they phoned it in, went through the motions like they were just gonna get a check. I hate to say that, but that's what I gathered from watching it live. They just didn't seem uninterested. 
Oh, um, I don't know if it's a question of an interest. It's like, who do you put over? Because like we were talking about before, Brock can't afford to lose three in a row. Yeah. Right. I mean, at this point, he was going and technically he lost that match, he right? So I mean, you know, so so that's three in a row. But I mean, I can understand what they were trying to accomplish. You want both these guys to stay strong going into media, right? I mean, it'd be a different story. So well, these guys, MMA athletes, Brock, former UFC champ, they're always going to be strong. No, Just no, let no. Them, I, let somebody I, lose. Yeah, I know. I get that. But I mean, who loses here? Because it's a rubber match as well. And you're going into media. So you don't want to make them look weak either. Like these are your two most powerful guys outside of maybe through waste of a match. Now he's going to fight Omos at WrestleMania. Like that was such a waste. Well, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think I so I'm so holding out for Gunther to happen. I mean, Omos match is just stupid considering the guy hasn't been on TV barely since um, Clash at the Castle. Really, yeah. where, where has Omas been? I mean, granted, he went home for a while. He came yeah. back. He's had one fucking match. I mean, I get he, it. He's a big guy. I like to see the big guys go at it. But it's like he's had a match with Bobby, and now listen, Omas is calling him out. Look, man, WrestleMania, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is where Omas belongs. If he's going to be on WrestleMania, and with it being two nights, there's no excuse for everyone not to be on that card. I just don't think that's the right move for Brock or the organization booking him i mean it just doesn't yeah. make any sense so to hopefully me, yeah brock's not even working hard anymore though i just noticed he just does a couple suplexes suplex city couple that's five now again they're trying to make him a monster destroyer but you could just tell he's such a high power athlete and that they're just not they're not pushing him unless they go out there do a couple suplexes a couple uh f5s and then he went like make him do something he's such a good athlete they're not pushing him i guess he's got too much control i don't know what it is without i think him. with him it comes down to control he has, he is the modern day version of Hulk Hogan when it comes to control over his character. But had Hulk Hogan at least go for 15, 20 minute matches. No, 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 no. I get it. I, I get it. I get it. But it's a difference of the caliber of athlete that we're talking about, the individual, not the athlete, right? I mean, yeah. when you look at the business, Brock left the business because he wasn't having fun anymore or he didn't want to do it anymore. He didn't want to travel anymore, right? That's why he left. I mean, so for him to come back, it's going to always be on his terms going forward. Yeah, I get so, it. He's earned that right, but it's like, I don't even think he's pushing himself here. No, he's I don't coasting. think he is, man. He's not. He's coasting, and, you know, it just, it just, I don't know what you do with him, though. That's the thing. Like, what's left for him to do? I don't know, but he's got to wrestle somebody, something. He's got to, he's got to do something different. I don't know who's bucking this. Either, either, I think either he, he puts a bit more effort or you walk away. Because he's getting paid too much, he's not gonna walk away from money. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get that. But what I'm saying is just like, I don't think he needs the money, I don't think he even needs to be at these dates that he's doing. It's just an obligation to him, right? So, um, let's let's see what he does, man. Let's kind of see what he does. But, um, the women's elimination match that was the chamber match that was pretty fun, man. A good way to start, it was pretty good. Yeah, I kicked off the show, a pretty good, nice little, um, nice way to start it off, I guess. You couldn't bookend with the chamber because I mean the main event would have been the Sammy match. I'm yeah. surprised the Usos were allowed into the country. And they got a maybe they got a special pardon for the day for the week or whatever. You can get those special pardons even if you are a criminal. They let you in on certain circumstances. They maybe apply for something like that. I'm assuming. You would think so. I mean, considering um, the outcome of that match and everything, but I mean, basically, it's what we thought Sammy Zayn was going to lose. He wasn't going to win. No. Um, but I will say this: the match was really good. It was good. That it was, was good. a good match, man. Those two worked really, really well. And you know what? 
despite what anybody wants to say about Roman Reigns, the guy can go. And this is just another indication to me that this guy works hard. He sells hard. And I, I don't know what it was like in there, man. But I mean, watching it on television, those those near pinfalls that Sammy got. Like, I mean, there, there were a few minutes that were like, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this could be it. Like. The only thing I think the crowd was injured. They love Sami Zayn, right? But the only thing that you just knew he wasn't going to win, so that took away from it. If you thought he had a chance to win, it would have made it that much better. You just knew Roman, because Cody's already called him out. You knew Roman was going to be the champion. Maybe that that took away from the match. That's bad booking, I think. They didn't make you believe that Sami Zayn went. Yes, the pinfalls were close. He almost took the three, but you just knew it wasn't going to happen. Well, That's, I mean, that hurt the match. I thought. I, you know, and and I agree with you. It did hurt the match, but I think well, it was also, a great match overall, though. But it's a great problem for them to have also the WWE that is in terms of creative and booking. I mean, here you have two guys, Cody and Sammy, that could equally, you know, do mania here if they have I think we're gonna see a triple threat match here, dude. I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I mean Yeah, Kevin came out and he did what he did and what have you and you still got the whole Jey Uso kind of piece that's still kind of lingering there. I mean, they keep adding to the story. Like, okay, I thought, okay, this is where he's going to hit him. But he doesn't hit him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, that story is still kind of going here. Where is this going? And then last night, you have finally had the interaction between Kevin and and uh, Sammy on Raw. And, you know, yeah. did it, you know they, they talked and, yeah, they said, okay, fine, whatever. But there's no resolution there either so i mean there's still i mean we still have time till mania right i still say that tag team match is what's going to happen here could be it's just how the turn happens who's going to turn on who and obviously jay's going to turn on him right so seems that way yeah something's got to give there at some point to see where they're going to go with this because right now it's still all up in the air the only things that we know for sure it's cody versus roman yeah right bianca versus oscar we got that now down pat Charlotte versus um, uh, Rhea. We got that match set. So both women's titles, the universal title set. We assume the Usos versus uh, Sammy and Kevin. We got that match, right? Uh, What else do we have? Seth versus Logan. That was great. Logan Paul came up, did that move so sweet, so fast. That was sick. I love it. The crowd didn't like it, right? But I loved it. I loved it. He's becoming a natural heel, which is what he should be. He's athletic as hell, too. Yeah, so let's see. I mean, I think him and Seth are going to have a killer match. I mean, that's going to be That match might steal the show because you know they're going to be some big spots there. Well, it all depends on what night it's on, man. I mean, if it's on night one, it could steal night one. But I think they have to be careful what they book around night two because of that, you know, the Roman Cody match. So you don't want anything to kind of trump that. I, I hate to say it, I'm not a huge fan of Cody or Sami Zayn, but I hate to say it, dude. I think that Cody Roman match is not going to have that much hype. The hype would be, I hate to say it, would be Sami versus Roman. That might that that match has more legs than Cody versus Roman. Cody versus Roman seems forced to me. It doesn't seem like people are investing in it, but the Sami versus Roman story, it almost they could have a match in Mania, and I think that'd be better than Cody versus Roman myself. But do you think that is also because you were there live and you heard what the no? I was I was like? even saying before, but even before the podcast, Sammy is like the new Daniel Bryan. He's the new Daniel Bryan. He's the I don't want to say that he's just the guy that doesn't work out. He doesn't cut his beard. He looks like he could be a homeless guy, but he, the fans love him because he's entertaining and he, he's good in the ring. You know who he looks like? Underdog. You know who he looks like? Who's that? Go check it out after if you don't recall him. But the fucking Habs mascot. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey guy. Yeah. That, that guy and Sammy side by yeah. side, they look like brothers. Yeah. So if you get, if you let Sammy actually beat Roman at Mania, the crowd will go crazy. This is, he's the new Daniel Bryan. He's got, he's just hot right now. People love the underdog. And he is the guy that shouldn't be at Mania. He doesn't take care of his body. He doesn't, you know, he's not clean cut. He looks like a homeless guy. And, but he's good in the ring and he's a good character. And the people are attracted to it more so than I think Cody. Uh, I bet you if you had a poll, Sammy Zayn is more popular than Cody Rhodes right now. Not just in Montreal, even just overall. No, no, no. And again, it's a good problem for these guys to have right now. You got two top guys that could fit into that role, and it's 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 a shitty situation for one of them, unfortunately, because that's our. I would book a triple threat match two nights, two nights of it. Cody takes one belt one night, the next night Sammy takes other belt, strip Roman, and away you go. But the wow. two underdogs, the two mid card guys, who I don't think should be champ, but the crowd loves them. Take the belts. Do it that way. Well, either way Sammy you look should at be it, in the mix in this match just because he's so hot right now. Either way you look at it, I agree with you. You're right. But, I mean, it, it all comes down to now. We'll guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks here what's going to happen, right? Uh, I know that there is talks of possibly making it a triple threat match. Just, should. For, just for the reasons you stated. But ultimately, I think it really just kind of comes down to like, okay, where does the rest of this all Because Sammy's up, going up, up, up. And if they put him in a tag match with the Usos, that's a mid-card match. Nobody's really going to care about it. Then his star starts fading again. He's hot right now. Let him run with it. Because he's not going to get back to this hot again. You only get get that certain amount of magic for a little bit. No, I get it. I get it. But I mean, again, they kind of painted themselves in a corner with all that. No, I get it. So it's just kind of like, if they could change the Rumble stipulation this one year, Things could have been different. Well, Sammy has to just come out and say, Cody, you don't deserve it. You've been a mid carter You walk back in here. I want this match. It's my belt. I got screwed over. They throw them in. Your wrestling is so nonsensical. They can make anything happen. No, no, no. I get it. They've already interacted. I mean, so so it's nothing surprising anybody if if there's more interaction between the two. Uh, If you think about it, Roman and Cody haven't even interacted yet. Yeah, that, that match it doesn't feel like there's no connection here. There's no right, but the connection right now seems to be Paul Heyman and Cody seems to be doing all the talking. And this is where I think Roman's part-time schedule kind of comes into play as a negative, in my opinion. I think leading up to Mania, you should be on every show. Yeah, I agree. Right? Like after this pay-per-view, after Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, whatever the pay- February pay-per-view is. The champion should be on every show, considering he's the champion for both brands. Going to Mania, yeah. Right? Totally right? Going into Mania, it's six weeks, right? I mean, it's not like you're doing house shows. You can fly in, you can fly out. Like, yeah. I think this disturbs me more because he's not even doing anything else, right? He's chilling, All he's, he's chilling right? And granted, yeah, you've earned it, but I, I personally think Seth earned it more. Seth works hard, man. He works hard. Seth works hard. If anyone deserves that kind of treatment, it would be Seth over Roman, in my opinion. Nothing away from Roman. I get what they wanted to do with him, and they've accomplished that. Now, you know, be that champion. Show up on the shows. Build the product, right? Because, I mean, this is exactly what I was afraid of, what you're saying. Like, okay, Cody and and him haven't even talked yet. No, there's no hype. There's no magic there. The only hype and magic that you're going to get is a Cody Rhodes versus Paul Heyman match. You throw Sammy in the mix here, dude, and he'll bring this match way up. Oh, I, and I agree with you completely. As far as entertainment-wise, right? Well, like I said, let's wait to see what else shapes up out of here. Because like I said, there's so much talent on these rosters. We don't know where everyone's fitting in yet. So, I mean, it, it could be a simple case. You can give the brawling brutes that tag team title shot if you really wanted to, right? Yeah. I mean, 
Drew, Drew and, and Sheamus, I think, would be better champions and it'd be better for the title. That'd be a better match. Yeah. Um, you know, I but but Sammy, yeah, I can totally see that kind of you know being the way they should go. And maybe that's the way they will go. Let's find out. Maybe I mean, tri- triple threat matches at Mania aren't something that hasn't been done. I mean, think about it. Daniel Bryan had to compete against Randy Orton and Batista when he yeah. won the title. Uh, the same could be said for Ray. Again, Randy Orton and uh, no Triple H and Shawn Michaels. He fought in that. They had, yeah, they had Michaels had a triple threat match for WrestleMania too, didn't he? That's the one. Triple H, yeah. Shawn Michaels, and Ray were Ray won. There's another Ray. one they had too with Benoit. In there wasn't there or something. Uh, was it Benoit when Benoit won the title? I can't remember, but I remember. I think Michaels had a triple threat match with Benoit one year. Possibly, possibly. Man. So many matches, but yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, no Chamber was good. It was good, pretty good from top to bottom. Crowd was into it. Chamber, yeah. I thought the men's chamber match was the best match. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Bronson Reed seeing him live? He's good. He's big. He's quick. He's strong. He's huge. Yeah. From your standpoint, he's still a big man. Still a big dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a big guy. I'm glad my boy Austin won. I, I'm happy about that. He didn't do much. They didn't make him look very good in the match. But well, he got the I, mean, w. I noticed, I knew he was going to win the more he spent laying on his side. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, the workhorses of this match were Seth and who came in with him? Well, Montez Ford, there was Seth Gargano. Yeah, but Seth and Gargano started the match. Seth and Gargano started the match, yeah. Right? And so you're basically, you had your two best workers, regardless of what you think of Johnny. You had yeah, I know, but I don't know why they didn't, I, I get it, but I don't know why they didn't like Austin anymore. He's so young and athletic. Like when he does his moves, they're so good. But like I guess they let the heel lie out the ring at the W kind of thing. That's, but he that's what too. no 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 I'm sure you can, right? And that's what they did. They kind of kept him in that heel spot, yeah. right? I mean, you had everyone else working hard in that match. I mean, to be fair, man, it, it, if Logan didn't come, I think Seth would have probably beat him for the title, right? That was a cool spot. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and that was only and by the way, Montez is fine. They expanded, they extended his stay in the chamber and getting him out the way they did to allow Logan Paul to come in and interfere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was a work. But, dude, Montez Ford, like I've been saying, I'm glad he's pulling singles a little bit now because the guy's a freak athlete. He's unbelievable the way he runs and jumps and, like, such spots. Like, this guy, the sky's the limit for him. Awesome, awesome. All yeah. right, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Listen, um, that was awesome. Thank you for that recap. That was really cool. Uh, anything you want to add to that? Anything? Like I said, Montreal loves Sami Zayn, man. They went nuts on SmackDown, but even more so at the chamber for him. Like every every false finish, every move, they were so loud in there, dude. What about were, uh, like, what, when KO came out? How did it rip up again? Or yeah, they love KO. They love those two guys. Cool, cool, cool. They just love their they love their hometown boys. And Montreal's got a a good wrestling scene, right? Rick Martel, Dino Bravo, Pat Patterson's from there, the Michonne. So they got they got this rich history there. Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, Capaccia, you name them all. Grand Prix Wrestling. I mean, Grand Prix was probably bigger than the WWF at one point, right? In terms of what they were doing and who they had out there and whatnot. So, I mean, everyone we've ever seen in a WWE ring at one point or the other came from there at some point. I mean, the Bushwhackers were there, right? I mean, everyone has gone through Montreal. Um, I guess they love the wrestling in Montreal. Way more passionate wrestling fans than in Vancouver. Well, I tell you what, man, they do get more events that helps too. We don't get much. We just get house shows. Ontario, Alberta, and Quebec are the hotbeds for wrestling in Canada. Um, I think 
Atlanta and Chicago would probably be the hotbeds in in America. I think it has a lot to do with weather. If you think about it, in Montreal, it was minus 10 there. It's cold, there's snow, not as much to do. In Vancouver, we got the oceans, we got the mountains, we got nice weather. So we got more options. So we're not as invested. Even our Canucks are not as invested as they are in the Canadians. The history in the Habs is unbelievable, dude. Going to that stadium, I'm not a Habs guy, I'm an Oilers guy, but all the Stanley Cups, the Ring of Honor, the Hall of Fame, like, it's a, that, they're, the greatest, they're the greatest Canadian franchise ever. And that was the Bell Center, man. I went to the form. Yeah. I mean, that, that's Center, even yeah. deeper. You can smell. I think it's like, what is the form? It's like a Sobeys or something or a Lowe's. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I believe it turned into a movie theater. Okay, yeah, yeah. Before like Loblaws, I was telling you, Maple Leaf Gardens has turned into like a well, that's what I was Loblaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, but they love it, their hockey there, they love their wrestling there, man. They're yeah, man. Oh no, I'm telling you, you gotta go down in summertime. If we can pull it off, we should go down for the F1 race. Yeah. Uh in June. Montreal is a beautiful city. Oh, it's beautiful. Some of those churches I checked out were, were yeah. breathtaking too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I tell you what, brother man, as much as I love flying rains as much as you do, I think the next trip you go out there, don't take the kid. Yeah, yeah. So you're limited see. when they can do it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're limited, right? So, um, but it's a good yeah, city. It's a great city. I love it. I, I enjoy it. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, but nothing nothing beats where we're from. I nothing beats Vancouver. Right? The best no, in the world. No, no, I get that, right? I mean, unless you're going to like Australia or something. One or... false thing about the French. People say the French are rude. Dude, everybody was so nice. We went to a swimming pool about 10 minutes out of the city. Everything was in French, dude. The the signs, the everything. I asked the lady, I said, swimming, me and the kid. She didn't know what I was saying. She she didn't take my card. She pointed me to the pool. This way I couldn't even find the pool. It's all in French. We finally got in there lifeguard came up to me basically said i couldn't keep my bags in the change room because people break in there but she couldn't speak english so she told me in french kind of motion through it <laughs> i got my stuff because i don't know it everybody starts talking about french to you and they realize you know english they speak english but five people said to me the guy at anw the uber driver what part of america are you from what part of america are you from i said i'm from vancouver he goes you don't speak french I said nobody speaks french guys but you guys in vancouver we don't talk french we don't talk french in alberta it's very rare out here it's french they, were, they thought i was american they didn't know french they were like dumbfounded i'm from canada i don't speak french i, I think more people in BC <laughs> culture shock dude i think there's more people in vancouver that speak mandarin and punjabi than there are that speak french 100 percent, hundred percent. it's not even close right i mean it is what it is. But listen, yeah. Chance, while you were away, while you were away, I, I took the liberty of sitting down with our brother, Otto. Great, great and, guy. First uh, class. Yeah, first class all the way. So all the today, way. So, so guys, we're going to go straight into this interview that I did with Otto while, while Chance was away. And we sit down, Chance, with a guy by the name of John Bullard, who is the promoter, the equivalent of Otto in Chicago. He runs a promotion called Chicago Land Championship Wrestling. Um, this place, cool. yeah, yeah. So we, we got into it, and there's a major announcement that they made here on this podcast uh, for Canada. So, Can't wait to hear it. Yeah, it's going to be monster news. Uh, I'll give you a hint. We're going a little old school with this announcement. Nothing I think wrong it's nothing wrong with that. No, it's a little something that I think that needed to be done a while ago, but these guys are pulling the trigger on it. Uh, but to find all that out, man, you're going to have to listen to this interview. It, it's deep. It goes strong. Um, great stuff happening in Calgary. And now guess what, buddy? We got a new partner in Chicago. So Sap and Chance are, are finally breaking ground in North America. 
we're no longer just Canada bound. We have people in 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 America now too. Now that we can work, might have to make our way to make our way to Chicago one of these days to get to Wrigley Field and check out some wrestling. Hey, dude, yeah, and I was talking to John about it, you know, off the air. And unfortunately, the one problem that we came across is we agreed on pretty much ninety nine point nine percent of everything that we talked about. He's a White Sox fan. I'm a Cubs fan. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, yeah. But that's okay because I told him, I said, look, man, if we come down to Chicago, we're coming down for wrestling first. And if yes, we're lucky, not. if we're lucky, I'd love to get to my Mecca. Time permits, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if I can just get to Wrigley Field and take a picture outside of it, whatever the case may be. But uh, hopefully this summer we can get down there and check out some yeah, of the shows cool. that these guys have. These guys work with people throughout Chicago. They work with people in different states as well. Atlanta, Kentucky, cool. uh, just to name a few. They also have connections with international promotions in Italy and I believe the UK. Uh, so, guys, you got to check out this interview. It's great news for both sides of the line, both sides of the border, for talent, for, for, for organizations and for promotions. So there's a lot here for us to kind of uh, work with here now, Chance. So guys, without Do further it. ado, I give you my interview that I did with Otto Gentile and John Bullard. On that note, we probably won't come back at the end of that. So guys, have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the week. Be safe. Remember to like and subscribe. And uh, I'm Bobby Sampson, and this is Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe, and listen to the auto interview with John, we salute you. We do salute you guys. And on those words, I leave you with the words of the infamous Ed Whelan. In in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Samp and Chance. Guys, have a great day and enjoy the interview. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Samp and Chance Show. My name is Bobby Sampson. Unfortunately, Chance Michaels is out of town, but you guys know where he is. He's out in Montreal checking out the Elimination Chamber and SmackDown this weekend. Unfortunately, I couldn't go, but you know what? I got two amazing fellas here with me tonight. One you guys already know right here beside me, Mr. Otto Gentile, the commissioner, the man himself. One of the biggest supporters of the Sap and Chance show. So, Otto, welcome back, brother. And right below us, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time, all the way from Chicago, the founder and the owner of CCW, Mr. John Bullard. John, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you for having me on, and uh, it's an honor. Absolutely. So, Otto, as well, thank you again, man. Thank you for all the support, like we've always talked about. We always continuously mention uh, the work that you guys are doing out there in Alberta is just absolutely amazing. And um, I think people are trying to guess and figure out why why we're all here together today. So let's let's get into it. Here, because uh, myself and Mr. John Bullard started something uh, three years ago the World Organization of Independent Wrestling. Wow. Uh, we have some amazing partnerships around the world uh, with Italy, Australia, uh, uh, another one that was added today, or actually yesterday, uh, from Ontario, uh, uh, Project X, is it called, uh, John? Yeah, Project X Wrestling out of uh, Ontario has a really good lineup of uh, up-and-coming talent. And so it's, uh, yeah, the uh, the future is definitely looking bright. 
Awesome, awesome. So, John, if I may ask you just a little bit so our listeners can understand, what 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 is the Chicago scene like? I mean, we know CM Punk is from there. We knew the Road Warriors were were built from Chicago, the bat, the mean streets of Chicago. Um, what what is the current scene like in Chicago? Right now, we got probably, in my opinion, and when it comes to United States independent wrestling, uh, the city of Chicago is the mecca of pro wrestling for the United States. Probably the second closest it might be, in my humble opinion, Atlanta, Georgia. But Chicago, there's numerous wrestling promotions in the city. Every wrestling promotion has their own roster. You can literally hit the Korean in Chicago, and about 20 wrestlers will fall out of it. Uh, there's numerous wrestling schools in, in the city. And not just like, okay, we're going to teach you American wrestling. When we have, you know, Lucha Libre schools, we have uh, people are teaching uh, a lot of the Japanese strong style. So it's a, it's a huge variety. Uh, the city of Chicago is thriving right now when it comes to wrestling. A lot of sold-out shows, uh, including my shows, the Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. Uh, Freelance is doing really good. Uh, you know, there's numerous other companies that are, you know, doing really good numbers. So, yeah, very proud of the city. Everyone's, uh, seem like everyone's working together to uh, to make wrestling a better place. Well, I've never been able to go to see a show in Chicago, but I mean, if the crowds are an indication that Allstate Arena never lets me down. Yeah, uh, our Chicago wrestling fans are very loud, very rowdy, and very vocal. So, <laughs> yeah, you, ha- you have to give them a good wrestling show. If not, they'll let you know. Absolutely. So, Otto, how did you guys uh, find each other in this world of wrestling? Uh, you know, it was, uh, I think it was Diego from uh, the Italian Wrestling Association that kind of made the first introduction okay. to me. And then we uh, started talking. Uh, he's been a mentor for me for the last three years. If I have anything to shoot by him, he's always there to help me with it. But we created the Organization of Independent Wrestling. And then we went to work to find guys like us that actually care about the independent scene. So what we're trying to do is make it better. Uh, We're trying to bring back kind of like the territories of the yesteryear uh, so that guys can go out and learn different styles but work in different places uh i mean the availability to go to work to mexico to to japan to australia to italy i mean this is something that you know i would have uh, eaten that up in a heartbeat when i was but now that we have the opportunity to work together to unite a bunch of different promotions around the world for for making it a great thing to, to have for all these guys to to go and visit these places that work and 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 then see them while they're working, you know. Awesome, awesome. So it's kind of like a talent exchange almost in sense, right? Within the promotions. So Can Am. So within Alberta, is this just Can Am that's connected to this, or are the other organizations in Alberta also going to feed off of this a little bit, or is well, that something down the road? We do have some partnerships with uh, other promotions in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to introduce them to it. Uh, but there's a, a high standard that what uh, John and I are going to hold these promotions to. Okay. And it's got to be quality. 
100%. Yes. John, um, how, how, how does it look from your side? Like you have a lot of talent, you know, it, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is the cross border stuff. How is that would, how would that all work? Like, how do you guys get these guys to these other uh, promotions and things like that? So what you do is, is you talk to the other promoters in the group that we're, mm -hmm. we're, you know, founding fathers of. And what we do is, Hey, I got these dates open up. I have a group of talent who's willing to travel to come work for you. Uh, this is their pay rate. You know, uh, what can we do? And, you know, like say, for example, Otto has four guys. Him and Ed has four guys that are wanting to come work for me. Well, I have four or five guys want to come work for them. So what I do is, hey, you guys, this month, you're not working for me. You're going to go over there, work for him. He's going to bring these group of guys down to work over here. So that way the fans, best way I explain wrestling, uh, it's like uh, when you go to like a magic show yeah. and you see a really good magician, right? Mm -hmm. But you see that magician do the same trick four or five times in a week. Is it really all that interesting anymore? Well, after the first, second time, maybe not. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Wrestling so, so, same way. So it's kind of like always refresh what you got around. So you're making it, people excited to see something new. Right. So it's like the old system of the independent scene, like you guys were talking about the territories, right? Literally, yeah. you have your mainstay stay there. And you have the other guys kind of coming through and kind of, you know, new storylines, freshness, and then yes. move on to the next spot. Okay, so I get it. It's just basically independent. It's territories all over again. That's awesome. Is this is this rotational roster of, of giving other people a chance to see the world? Now, do you, will you guys have your top baby faces traveling around places? Or will you do like your traditional territory style where the baby faces, your, your strong faces stay home? and take on all the outsiders that come in? How's that going to work? Are you guys going to switch it up? Is it going to be different? Well, we're been talking about not only, you're right, your champion would usually in those territories and then the guys would come in to challenge your champion. And, uh, but we, we are trying to do it so that the guys can go and work in all these different territories, get known. And then what we want to do is like the best of the best of the best show where we say this year we hold it in this year we hold it in Chicago the, okay. the year after maybe we hold it in Italy so everybody's going to get an opportunity to show the amazing time that there is in the world then the, these guys that are coming up through the independence are the next generation professional wrestling superstars so if we start to treat them that way, in the independent, you know, learn to work a lot better in the systems that are up there waiting for them. Okay, absolutely, fair, fair. absolutely. So, um, John, I know that Otto and Ed also coach and and teach. Do you also coach and teach? I do, uh, okay. but I also oversee uh, two different wrestling schools. I have some great trainers as well. Okay. Um, partner with one, uh, Chris Logan, uh, who is our heavyweight champion in the Chicagoland. Uh, he's the head coach of the Wrestle League Academy in Chicago. Cool. And also have a Lucha Libre partner uh, in Atomico Senior uh, who runs a uh, great wrestling school, uh, the uh, Lucha Libre School of Atomico out of uh, Berwyn, Illinois at the Eagles Club. Oh, wow. uh, so we give our students a chance to learn, you know, the, the strong style uh, and also old school American way of wrestling, but also, incorporate Lucha Libre too. So that way our students, when they're 
going out to the world or finally hitting the streets and seeing, you know, different countries and different places, they're familiar with all wrestling styles. So right. that way they're not, oh no, I've never done this before. And now you're booked in this match, you're wrestling a guy that does a complete style from you and you're like, oh, this, this is going to be really bad. But yeah. when you get that type of training though, now they're like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. Let's, let's go out there and kill it. Yeah, and no. That's been our philosophy for all of our students. Awesome, we want man. we want our students to have the best coaches and and the best teachers to work with them. Okay, so here's my next question on Sam and Chance. We talk a lot about psychology. I really I'm a huge fan of psychology uh, when it comes to wrestling because I guess at a certain point you you start watching it in a different way when you start understanding it much more differently. Um, so here's my question for all of you guys, if I may. In the last little while, and I think this is going to be a big talking point of the year at some point, I feel. The art of storytelling, I feel, is dying. I feel that everyone just wants to get their spots in. Everybody wants to get those, you know, big, big high spots in and what have you. And they're kicking out of these what would be devastating moves, but then get rolled up in a small, you know, like a small package or a schoolboy. Um so we see that a lot on AEW, we're seeing that in WWE and whatnot, where character development and guys aren't really working on their characters anymore. They're just more concerned about what they do in that ring. How do you guys combat that? Do you see that as well? And do you try to teach your students about storytelling and character development as a true psychology of the sport? Yes. You want to start that one or you want me to? Oh, you go ahead, Otto. Okay, our school definitely, we are in the midst of stories, and we've actually been telling a story now for about a year in Okinawa that has been uh, going back and forth, back and forth, and we're building up something very, very amazing. All these guys from WIW are going to be involved because we're planning to do like big ass show where all these great talents come from everywhere to culminate in one city to show that hey no independent wrestling can tell stories we can uh, showcase great talent uh, we can showcase coming talent that's the big key here but the, the key to our partnership is like John said when people get used to same wrestler over and over and over and over again, you're going to start losing your fan. When you start bringing in new mix to the equation, tell that story, then it becomes exciting and people they want to see that. They want to be able to buy into a story. They want to see good versus evil. They want to see the good triumph over evil. That's what we're planning to do We've been doing that since we opened our doors here at the Alberta Wrestling Academy. And I know John has been doing it down in the U.S. as well. Awesome. And John, for yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm a firm believer in our shows, too. Uh, not trying to pull back the, the curtain by any means. But uh, I do have set rules when it comes to talent working for me. Uh, moves that we protect. I'm a firm believer in protecting finishers. Yeah. On my shows, I, I tell guys all the time, uh, if you ever go back and watch any of my shows, uh, it's, it's all on uh, IWTV right now currently uh, for internet wrestling television, but uh, the super kick is only done once on our entire show. 
and the super kick is actually done by our, our world champion. They still hold that strong, eh? Awesome. He's like, that's that's just, that's it. And when he hits it, they're they're knowing that you're not going to kick out of that. So and, and that's the thing. That's the, that's what we have to do. We got to start protecting our business again. And when these guys hit these finishers, that's got to be. That's it. You know, you're done. You're going home. Right. In my opinion, too, like I know a lot of guys like to blame the young wrestlers for the, the video game style of wrestling. But, you know, it also falls on the promoters mm-hmm. as well and the bookers for allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys who shouldn't be bookers and promoters. Okay. And, and the ones that a lot of guys nowadays, I guess they're, they're promoters now because they're just fans of wrestling. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But you also want to say like, hey, kind of protect your business. Kind of, kind of make sure that, you know, your crowd is actually invested in when something does happen. Right. It's like, um, for example, if someone finally kicks out of the super kick, that crowd reaction is going to be, <gasps> you know, yeah. like yeah. someone finally actually done this. And, and we did it at our anniversary show. Oh, three wow. years. Wow. Well, that'd be known for three years. No one kicked out of that move mm-hmm. until our anniversary show. When that happened, the entire crowd was like, oh, my God. Like Because it's never they, been done, yeah. Yeah. And this is a move that's seen on TV every week. Someone's kicking someone with it and doesn't do anything. But but because we made them fill it yeah. and they believe it, you know, it was they were there. Speaking of the super kick, I, I, I'm reminded of Shawn Michaels' uh, WrestleMania 11 match. Um, the story goes that Vince wanted Diesel to kick out of the super kick. And both Sean and Diesel were telling him, that's a bad move. Don't do it. This is not the right thing to do. Exactly to what you guys are saying. But Vince was adamant. So they did the spot. And it turned out that Sean ended up having to take six weeks off because he had to change him face over that. Yeah. Right? Like it it changed the complete dynamic of everything, the storylines and everything. Because all of a sudden, because of that two count, they had to change the character. They had to change the way the direction was and everything. So, yeah, you know, and, and everything else is everything after that, right? And now I think you see that super kick on WWE programming at least every second match. Yeah. And the and the Young Bucks, in my opinion, bastardized the move completely. <laughs> it's an absolute joke what uh, how many times they hit a super kick. Not just, just, uh, they, they created the super kick. <laughs> which absolutely has destroyed well we, we we've talked about it like i i throw the spear the super kick you know as two moves that basically have just overplayed itself yeah you're right you know well i mean when's the last time you saw someone actually use a ddt as a finisher again you're right it's it's it's, it's and, uncommon. And that was and that was like the most devastating move back in the 1980s and 90s when, yeah. when jake roberts did it yeah. Nobody get all that. I think the closest that we get to a DDT now is Randy Orton's, uh, where he suspends the guy over the second rope and brings him down. Yeah. But even then, though, but even then, though, that's a, like a mid-transition move. Right, right. But that's the closest thing I've seen to a DDT. Yeah. And right? that, that if you're hanging somebody up the second rope and planting their head into the, that should be a finisher. Ideally, yeah. you would think so. Ideally, you would think so. So. But let's get back to this amazing uh, collaboration that we're about to witness here. Has it? Have we started the wheels of motion? Are talent starting to move, or when will we start seeing some of these, uh, some of the some of these switches? Well, we're hoping to uh, 
doing it as soon as possible, but we're probably looking at least April, May before uh, we start doing it traveling because again, you're going to be driving up to Canada and driving down to the States so that right. uh, we can save a little bit of money. Uh, some of these flights nowadays are uh, horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, trust me. I know uh, we were looking at $800 just to Montreal from here. And that's one way? Sorry? Is that one way or both? I believe that was round trip, 800 bucks. It's, it's getting up there. Yep. Right? I remember back in the day, I could go to London for 450 I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I'm old, but <laughs> I mean. No, that was just a few years ago. I mean, honestly, the 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 prices of of flights have really gone up sky high. Wow, compared to what it used to be. Right, right, right. But you guys are, uh, I guess you guys would go through the Montana border and then travel downwards, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, John, tell us more about your promotion, man. What, what's what's happening out there in Chicago? Tell tell let, let the listeners know. Well, our promotion started back in uh, 2020. Uh, we originally started running shows in indiana uh northwest indiana which is part of the chicagoland market right uh, when we first started running and literally every show we've had we, we packed the house out to the point that we actually had to move to a new venue just to accommodate more fans wow uh yeah i mean i love our old home venue and they're great people but it was just like you look at business and it's like okay okay we're, we're kind of losing uh money by not having more people in here and there's People we have to turn away from the building because of the capacity level. That's so, awful. So now we move to the uh, Berwyn Eagles Club, which is a world famous wrestling venue in Chicago. Awesome. Uh, people like CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. uh, Sasha Banks, uh, mm -hmm. Bailey, uh, Becky Lynch, Oscar, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so many others uh, have actually wrestled in that building. Oh wow! You know, before they made it famous. So when I say it's like a wrestling mecca, when you go into the venue. You actually see like all the old posters of them on the walls and like autographs, uh, you know, pictures and stuff and things they sent to the, the bar owners and stuff. Right. On, uh, right on. The, the work there over the years. So it's, it's really cool to to see that history right then and there in that building. Um, but yeah, our next show, uh, May 21st, uh, Bourbon Eagles Club, a new era. Uh, we have talent coming in from Mexico, right. uh, the legendary Sky Day, uh, who's Mexico's equivalent of Dean Malenko. He's a master okay. of a thousand olds. Wow. Uh, very well-known teacher in Lucha. Uh, mm -hmm. He teaches a lot of our students. Mm -hmm. um, him, uh, from Dragon Gate, Japan, we have uh, La Estrella, uh, who's just an amazing high flyer. Uh, from Project X Wrestling out of Canada, we have uh, Magna McLaren, uh, the champion of Project X. He will mm -hmm. be winning uh, his Canadian title on the show. And we also have some uh, other talents that's going to be mentioned in, uh, in the next couple of months that I think our fan base is going to be really excited for. It's uh, kind of like a World Cup of Wrestling in this May 21st show. It's going to be wrestlers from literally from every walk of uh, the world. Awesome, there. man. Awesome. I will promote that definitely. Uh, so, John, I, I, I guess I should have asked this question from the beginning. I didn't have any time to do any research on you, so I that's apologize. Good. Um, who is John Bullard and how did you become a wrestling fan and how did you get to where you are right now? Like, how did this happen, bro? Well, that's that in itself is a long story, but I'll try to give you the, the short version of everything. So yeah, give me the cliff notes. Uh, I literally grew up watching wrestling as a child. It was like one of the first things I know that's like the most cliche thing everyone hears from guys in the wrestling business. It's like, I grew up watching it, but literally 
my my first memories as a kid was watching WTBS 605 Eastern Time, sitting in my, my pop's lap and watching Dusty Rhodes and the Four Horsemen and all those guys, you know, and yeah, yeah. I've always been fascinated with it, you know, because it's just larger than life characters. And so all ever since I was a small kid, like wrestling was like the, the only thing I wanted to do. Okay. So high school comes rolling in and this is my 11th grade year. And I had a PWI 500 tucked inside my uh, my English book. Yeah. And uh, a teacher that I am grateful for every day, Ms. Diane Shruby, uh, comes walking up behind me. She sees it. Instead of yoinking it like a teacher would, she's like, oh, is that the issue? You know, this, this, this. And she's like naming off names. I'm like, you're a wrestling fan? She's like, well, yeah, my son's a professional wrestler. Oh, wow. And instantly i was like this is the coolest lady on earth now and i'm like yeah. she's like yeah yeah and she's like you know he trained at the power plant for wcw and you know he's back home here now and he's running his own show and so i was, I was like oh I, I, I gotta meet this guy so she's like you know what i'll get you some tickets next thing you know next day later here's some tickets for a show and Came to it and and met her son. Uh, he wrestled as uh, Big Daddy Rhodes, and uh, he had a, a partner by the name of Spike Moore. Okay. And when they they were like, "Oh, so kid, you want to be a wrestler?" And I don't know how they knew that, but I was like, uh, "Yeah, actually, I do." And they're like, "Okay, uh, next week, be here at this building. We'll have the ring set up, and uh, we'll see what you got." And first, but before I could do it, they're like, "By the way, uh, you have to have your uh, parents' uh, signature." on the slip because you know you're you're only like 17 years old right right so i went home excited dad dad guess what guess what can i do this you know no not at all it it, it was like no so what i did the the most childish thing that every kid do okay dad cool went behind his back and i forged a signature off and that was was my next question so you forged a signature good job so what happened (laughs) how did that go so the, I think that I think the trainers knew, <laughs> but they were like, you know, screw it. He's, he showed up, you know. So they did. They they put us through like a like a boot camp. Yeah. And literally, it wasn't like, okay, we're gonna get the ring. We're gonna teach you how to bomb. Sort of opposite. It was okay. You're all here. It's August in Florida, and it's melting hot outside. Right. We're gonna do uh, Indian laps uh, around the the building, and the guy from behind has to go all the way up to the guy in the lead. Mm-hmm. and it's just like one by one you have to catch up with each other right, which right. is brutal to do anyway let alone in hot weather sure so they were making us do that well about 20 30 minutes passed by a bunch of guys were already dropping out fading out i kept on going because i knew if i quit now i'm going to regret this mm-hmm. so next thing they did to us was okay you guys good yeah okay get some water all right after that we're gonna do uh we're gonna do some squats oh wow and it wasn't like, oh, let's do like 20, 30 squats. It was, we were going to do about, about two to 300, 400 squats. And they were once again making everyone go all the way down, back up. They were doing those Hindu squats. They call yeah, 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 yeah. So once again, I, I noticed another two, three guys would just get up and walk out the door. And I was like, oh, okay. So there was, when we first started, it was a group of 30 of us. Yeah. By the time the day was over, there was only five of us left. And that's how they determined who's staying. And after that was done, they were like, all right, good. We'll see you guys next week. And I was like, okay. Now I was thinking to myself, finally, I get to touch the ring. I get to learn all the cool stuff. Nope. Total opposite. Next day later, the next week later, 
all right, uh, we're going to do Indian laps again. And then, you know, and it was just the same thing over and over. And I finally asked him, like, after, like, the third, fourth month of going through these these exercises, I was like, are you guys just, like, taking people's money and just doing this? And they're like, nope, you'll understand a couple of years from now. And sure enough, I understood what it was for. It wasn't just weeding us out. It was teaching us cardio. And it was teaching us conditioning and, yeah. you know, being prepared because if that hot weather outside gets to you, wait till you wrestle under the big bright lights. Yeah. Yeah, and the CV lights are just sweltering, like heat. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I literally went through that. So from 2001 is when I first started, and literally I've done everything in the wrestling business when it comes to being a, a commentator, a timekeeper, announcer, uh, play-by-play man, referee, manager. Uh, became a professional wrestler through all that training. Uh, then years later, become a uh, television producer, booker, and promoter. I started promoting my first event. Uh, 2012, I was the youngest promoter in the state of Kentucky. I was uh, very lucky, though. I had a really good friend and a good mentor, uh, Mr. Terry England, who was actually part of our organization of World of Independent uh, Wrestling, uh, World Organization of Independent Wrestling. And, uh, you know, Terry took me under the the wing to learn probably one of the most important jobs in the wrestling business of being a promoter and being a good one. Because like he told me, he said, anybody be a promoter, but being a good one is very rare and, and an exceptional job that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been, been literally my life story. It's something that, you know, I tell people all the time when people ask me who I am, I tell people all the time, I'm the luckiest guy on earth. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I was I was a chubby kid. Well, I should say I was a chubby kid growing up. You turn into a skinny teenager that didn't really stand a snowball chance in hell in wrestling. Should have never had, mm-hmm. but I didn't give up. And, right. and I kept on striving towards it. So. I've lived a very charmed life. I've, I've been very blessed to have work with some of my heroes, got to meet a lot of those guys, have a lot of them call me friend and, and someone, uh, some of them, them and took me under their wing when they didn't have to, and they, they chose to. Awesome. And I uh, was very, very lucky on that. Well, brother man, I, 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 I will be going to Calgary soon again, but it, you've just given me more reason to come out to Chicago. Uh, full disclosure, I'm, probably the biggest Cubs fan in the world. So I need to get to Wrigley eventually at some point. Now I have even more motivation because there's some good wrestling out there that I can come and check out as well. Oh yeah, definitely do. There's some good food out here too. (laughs) No, absolutely. When I say I'm a Cubs fan, I've been a Cubs fan since I was 10. Just to put it into context. I didn't know who the Cubs were. It was before the Sega Master System or before Sega Genesis, there was Sega Master System. I had one of those and I had a baseball game on there and one of the teams was the Cubs. I picked them. I won the world series. And then I saw the actual team on TV. I said, Oh shit, this is real. Yeah. So I became a Cubs fan and that, that's how it happened. Yeah. I won't, I won't hold that against you. I'm a white Sox guy, but you know, we'll, we'll go to a, we'll go to a Cubs game together. No, hundred percent. Brother man, like I said, man, I, it's one or the other. And I, and I, I randomly picked a team and that's who showed up. So but that's why I explained the the whole baseball uh, phenomenon, and and uh, so I'm more of a hockey guy than anything. Yeah. But but when it comes to Chicago, uh, if you're a North Sider, you're a Cubs person. If you're from the South Side, South. more of the urban area, you're a yeah. Sox guy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And speaking of your Hawks, man, I mean, being the Vancouver guy, I'm not a Canucks fan per se, despite the uh, jersey behind me. But that's a bit, that's a you know we we have a bit of a rivalry there. Believe it or not, I'm actually more of a Calgary Flames fan. Ooh, really? 
<laughs> well, that's fine. I mean, that suits them. If I told you who I supported, then maybe this podcast would end. I'm a Habs fan. So, hey man, John Bellavo is the greatest, greatest captain in hockey history. And the only reason, the only reason I have any heat with the Calgary Flames is they took a cup away from us in '89. And yes. I'll leave it at that. And I'll leave it at that. Good old Terry Flurry, <laughs> man. Good old Theo. Hawk and Lube, that whole crew, I, you know, to that day, I figured that we should have 25 cups, not 24. Anyways, that, that's neither here or there. But, but, you know, going back to that 89 thing, though, I was really happy to see Lanny McDonald win the cup. No, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Absolutely. For the purpose of Lanny McDonald, because, I mean, I got Bob Ganey and the whole crew, they, they won their cup in 86 and what have you. So, you know, from that perspective, no complaints. And then we did it again in 93. So, again, no complaints. Uh, it's just not been really fun since that time, unfortunately. But um, that's neither here or there. But so yeah, you guys are doing amazing, amazing stuff here, man. I'm so proud and and privileged to be a part of this and to be able to kind of announce this uh, on the Canada side, I guess. Anyways, right? Uh, awesome. That's phenomenal. You guys are just killing it. Um, so what what should we expect here? Like, I mean, I guess nothing current but what's happening in the world of Canam auto i mean I, I follow it online i see what's happening but what Dude, the hell is going down man it's gonna be uh soon. uh the public place network is a group of people that are here in the city that have given us an opportunity to create the Canam network and uh we are going to be it's already launched but we're launching it uh, some big success hopefully this Friday uh, all our stuff is on there uh, we have uh, uh, homecoming season uh, arrival season 2 be, uh, some episodes of season 3 competition going up there we got it's a video on demand uh, subscription service as well uh, so whenever we're in Okotoks or Innisfail or Airdrie or Wherever we go, Medicine Hat, uh, people that uh, can't get to our show can actually get online and watch us um, wherever we are. Awesome. Uh, just in that, it gave us an opportunity to put this together. And it's something that is so cool that we don't have to wait for that uh, green check mark to say that we can start making money. We can start making money right off the hop on our, all our content. So, that's very uh, uplifting to us. Um, we are presently doing four to five shows a month. And by April, we'll be almost seven or eight shows a month. So uh, we're just, we're in the trenches moving forward. Uh, and the reason we're able to do myself and Ed have been uh, given the freedom to do so is now we have two incredible uh, coaches at our school. Uh, one is the Cheetah Bear, Jude Dawkins, and the other is the best around, Travis Cole, that are putting students through the grind right now. And uh, there isn't a night that goes by that somebody isn't puking in the buckets. So, uh, my hat's off to these two because they've given us that opportunity to go out there and actually let us be promoters of the company. So that's uh, it, it's just so much work taken off our hands because of these two gentlemen and uh john will be getting to see both of those guys because they will be going stateside to work for chicago land championship wrestling that's awesome man. and you know it's evident by this announcement and the great work that i'm seeing through through the post and everything that you guys are doing 
that having that free time is allowing you to really build this now to, to that next level. And that's awesome. Uh, John, yourself, man. So I don't know too much about Chicago land. So kind of enlighten me. What's happening with your promotion? After this conversation, I promise you the next time I talk to you, I will know everyone on your roster and what's happening in every storyline. Otto could attest to that. Um, so so tell me. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll be glad of sending some stuff to watch too as well. Absolutely. Uh, now we, we got we got some big matches coming up on the uh, Chicago Land May twenty first show. Uh, we have, of course, like I said, Magna McLaren uh, defending the Project X uh, Canadian Championship. Uh, it's going to be in a six man scramble, okay. and the six man scramble match is going to be really amazing because you have a high flyer from the Pittsburgh area, uh, Sean Phoenix. We have another teenage prodigy because Magna McLaren is only sixteen years old. Oh, when wow. you walk from Russell, you think he was twenty three, twenty four years old. Oh, wow. this, this is the way he carries himself. He doesn't look like a 16-year-old kid. And uh, he's going to be taking on another teenage prodigy, uh, Kid Lat, who's uh, kind of reminds me of a young T.J. Perkins. Oh. Uh, he, he's really, really got a lot of uh, bonafide potential uh, in his future coming up as a wrestler. Uh, of course, uh, Ari Akuma, who we call the Matt Wizard of Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those kids could hit you with 23 different submission holds in one minute you know, time and you're just like, how does he know all these holes and these different locks? And he's he's always coming up with stuff. Uh, Trick Davis he will be in that match. Trick Davis wrestles for Ring of Honor. Uh, one of the unsung heroes of Chicago wrestling. Uh, a guy who, who deserved, uh, he, he should have been there. This is a guy who was wrestling Seth Rollins on a nightly basis okay, before okay. Seth made it famous and was killing it with Claudio Castioli oh, and those wow. guys. Cesario. But, yeah. Trick took time away from wrestling, and now he's back. And oh, I awesome. thank God he's the boss, so I'm happy about that. And uh, then we have a uh, young Finnish wrestler from Finland. He's uh, making his Midwest debut, uh, Miko uh, Maestro uh, oh, from different. Slam Wrestling in Finland. So oh. it's a universal, very large group of guys challenging for the spell. Um, our champion, uh, Shogun Chris Logan, He when he became the Chicagoland Grand Champion, you know, he wasn't just defending that belt in Chicago. He defended that belt currently now, I believe, five states and counting. Okay, okay. So he's he's legitimately like the old school NWA champion type. Shogun. And challenges. So, and so Shogun, he was on the Twitch stream with you guys yesterday, right? Was that the other fellow like on your Twitch stream that you guys were doing? That's, uh, that's uh, the guy that has the iRadio network. Oh, right. Okay, 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 okay. Um, that's awesome, man. Like this is really, really cool stuff. Let me ask you a question here, John. Just to, just uh, because you're from Chicago, you're you're yours to the ground in the town. How is he and punk perceived these days? It's kind of like a 50-50 uh feeling, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think if you're just a wrestling fan in general and you're from the Chicago area, he represents you. A lot of Chicagoans feel that way. Uh, but there's also uh, people who have known him personally, and there's some of the guys that have been worked for me that actually has wrestled with him mm -hmm. in the past and known him. They uh, they don't really have a whole lot of nice things to say about him. Yeah, I find that to be the trend right now as well. Like, yeah, I don't know if it was a shoot or not, but did you guys catch Seth Rollins' comments at all? Uh, that, part kind of, that part I kind of wonder if it's a, if it's a work or if it's actually really him. I mean. Let's be honest, though. I mean, I'll, I'll say this because, I mean, I'm not worried about CM Punk not showing up for me because mm -hmm. I'm not even on the radar, but <laughs> you, you look at every promotion he's ever worked for, 
he's burnt the bridge with every one of those companies. Right. So, I mean, after a while, you kind of have to ask yourself, is it really him? Or, or I mean, is it really the company? Or do you have to kind of look at him and go, okay, man, it seems like whatever they do for you is never going to be good enough. WWE, for love of God, gave him a, one of the longest world title reigns. They gave him literally into all of his demands what he what he wanted, and it still wasn't good enough. He got he wrestled the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and he was complaining that he wasn't the main event, but yet you're wrestling the Undertaker, the Undertaker. at WrestleMania, yeah. which is one match that everyone looks forward to every year. That's yeah. like the biggest spectacle of WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely at that time when Taker was still getting up and going and having good matches. Yeah, and he was complaining about that. Yeah. So finally, he's let go. So all these years, he crapped on wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. everybody asked him, "Oh, you're going to come back to wrestling?" No, I, I'm I'm done with that stuff. I'm an MMA fighter. Well, we found out MMA really wasn't his calling. No, and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Tony Khan paid him a ridiculous amount of money to come back to wrestling. And all of a sudden, you know, you think everything's going to be good. You know, like, oh, great, CM Punk's back. And it seems like he's in a happy place. And mm-hmm. this promo he cuts, well, I'm here to help out the young guys and make this a better place. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you kind of look back at it. Which young talent did he actually help put over? Nobody. No one. I mean, if, if he were to put over anybody, he should have put over MJF, in my opinion. And MJF only got one win out of that entire series. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, MJF is so final series either. Yeah, yeah, but but MJF is so strong that he could hold his own, and he wasn't too affected by it. But I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but I think, See, I, yeah, go ahead. Not trying to cut you off, but, but this little Booker cap. The way I kind of look at it, and this kind of might sound strange for some people, when CM Punk made his debut against Darby Allen, mm-hmm. he should have actually got beat by Darby with some type of roll up, like Punk was going up for the the whole go to sleep. Darby yeah. reverts into some type of lucha roll and pin them real quick. Right, right. This is what makes it better for AEW's product and also doesn't hurt Punk. Punk go back and go, wow, I underestimated some of these younger guys. And all of a sudden, guess what that does? It doesn't hurt him by no means. No. Hey, no. he was away for years. Yeah. But he had a great match, but the younger guy got him. Mm-hmm. But that elevates your young talent instantly. Right then there, Darby Allen would have been a made man with that crowd That's going in, into that. No, hundred percent. Uh Tony Khan, good promoter or bad promoter? Anyone, all of you. I, I personally, I think what MJF said about him, he's a fucking. Oh, sorry, did I say that? Out? That's okay. That's the way I feel. He got a big, huge banker, and he's a big mark, and that's what he's going on doing, right? So, yeah. Get- I- respect him for building a company to where it is but it's not him it's the guys that work for him that are making a is mm-hmm. yeah i think uh i think a lot of people lost a lot of respect for him when he was sitting beside cm punk and he cut you know he said all the things that he was saying and that look on tony's face was just so like he didn't know if he should cry or say something because I know if it, Vince was sitting there, that would have been over before it even started. Right or wrong? Right? Yeah. Would have been talking. He wouldn't have been talking. How would you guys have dealt that? Like if it's similar situation. Not saying it's bank, but if you had a talent doing something like that, not to put you guys on the spot, but you guys do it. How would you guys deal with that situation? Cut the mic. I would have cut. The mic. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! You you don't want getting on your company. Okay, you know. Okay. The- 
we don't fans don't need to know what's going on behind the, the fourth that wall have lost in this business right. they open up that for fans to see what goes on in the back i think that was a big mistake we we now start building that kayfabe back so that people don't know if this is real or not. You know what? To hell with that. It is real. Ring is real. Guys get hurt or real. These are what people got to understand, man. Professional wrestling is not fake by any means. No. We do what we do. You can't get fake. Uh, you can't fake getting hit by a chair. You can't fake getting put through a table. No. You know what I mean? So. These people got to understand that these guys are athletes. Not only are they athletes, they're also uh, stuntmen. Yeah. Yeah. Form their own stunt. Mm -hmm. So that's the big thing that people understand about professional wrestling. And that's what hurts. Some of these guys that come, oh, it's fake. Well, you mm -hmm. know what? Screw yourself, bro. It's not fake. It's not you know what? I got injuries other than uh, my wrestling career was long. And I'm dealing with that at 56 years old, you know? So, I mean, and my last match, uh, you were there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know I tore both my shoulders in that match. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been trying to heal up since, since that match still. I got one shoulder that's still giving me problems. But oh. you know what? For the love of the sport, I don't take anything back. I wouldn't change anything. Oh. I've done for, for this independent wrestling, and I hope to do a lot more. Great men like John Bullock and my partner Ed Anderson, we're, we're going to change the game. Matt, I hope you guys change the game, and I want to be a part of that change with you. So, you know, let's do it all, man. Let's, let's just get this thing on the road. Let's blow it up. Let the world know where it's at. Speaking of changing the game, it wouldn't be if I didn't say. Happy first year anniversary, Champ and Chance. Thank you very much. Yeah, we celebrated the uh, one-year anniversary uh, last week. We've been going strong and hitting it hard. And uh, You guys are I'm doing not, it. I don't plan to quit. I, I, I've said this to everyone around me. You know, they say, oh, nice hobby. I go, this is not a fucking hobby. This is what I want to do with the rest of my life. You know, right. I mean, I, I, I unfortunately never got the opportunity to become a wrestler. Like, I, I mean, my story is similar to all of us, right? I grew up watching wrestling. I mean, if you go downstairs right now where my TV is, it's on the network. If I'm not watching wrestling, I'm watching boxing. I don't really watch anything else. That's all that I ever have on. And, um, you know, um, with, with the great support of Can-Am Wrestling, guys like Otto and, and Ed, who have just been there from day one, have just been so forthcoming and, and so beautiful to us. Um, a lot of us and a lot of our success is because of guys like yourselves, man. And for that, thank you with, with, with the most humble heart that I have. Thank you for all your support and love. And uh, I, I can't wait till we all buy matching Ferraris and tell everyone, you know, fuck you all. Wouldn't that be so? <laughs> That's the goal, man. I, I've set the standard. I'm going to be, we will be one of the biggest podcasts in the next couple of years. Awesome, brother. Right, we that's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. So, on that note, guys, listen. Why don't we just wrap this up? It's a beautiful conversation that we've just had here. I uh, I know everyone's really busy. You guys are standing outside the school. I'm sure you got a million things to do as well, John. 
so on that note, guys, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. Um, this is just absolutely phenomenal. I cannot wait to see the fruits of this labor. Uh, did the pandemic play a role in any of this? Uh, launching later? Or were there plans to get this going quicker? Mostly getting... But uh, well, actually, this started because of the pandemic, because we weren't able to do anything. And this was a way of each other's company grow with their fan bases at the start of it. But now it's grown into something so much more, and uh, uh, we can't wait. Like like John said, there's uh, Terry England, uh, Diego, pronounce his last name right now, Italy. There's kinds of great promoters that are involved in the world organization of independent wrestling, and we're gonna we're gonna take this to. And this is gonna be a lot of fun. Really awesome. looking for journey. Awesome. With awesome. The- people that we have uh, in our in our company that's awesome man well listen whenever i wherever i can help however i can help promote and and support this amazing venture please don't hesitate to reach out to me let me know whatever we can do from our side to to get the word out there to the public and to the world and uh yeah man let's just do this let's get it going man i'm so excited i'm i'm actually itching to hit someone with a chair so <laughs> I, th- I think the wife will be home soon. So, you know, I'll save that energy for her. Put a table on fire. You know, I would, but I I, I don't think my smoke alarms are up to date right now. So I, I, I got to be careful with that one as well. Um, I think I'm just going to have to go run outside for a little bit. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. This has been absolutely amazing. It's a great way to end a Thursday evening here. Uh, so thank you so much again. And thank you for everything, guys. Thank you for all of it. And John, I can't wait to build an amazing relationship with you. Um, as we start our second year, we found you. And uh, I hope that we can connect more and get more information out about current shows, local talent, anything that you need to get out there. Please remember, Sam and Chance are here, and we can be your uh, megaphone to the world. Yeah, I look forward to it. And uh, thank you once again for everything that you do. No, thank you guys, man. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do what I do to talk about what I talk about. And thank you to all the talent uh, from from ours as well for putting their bodies on the line every night and you know for the entertainment and uh, keep working on the character development and, and all that good stuff because that's what wrestling is all about to me. That's correct. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. You Take too. Care. All right.